The key to successful living. There has been a lot written about this topic from many different perspectives and regarding several different topics. How to have a successful marriage, how to have a successful family, how to be a successful parent, how to have a successful business, etc., etc., etc. But what if we could combine all of those things into one overall, general, and specific concept? how to have a successful life in all of those areas. What is the answer to that? Is there a key? Can you apply the principles to having a successful marriage? Can you take that book and apply it to your business? Not necessarily, but God did give us a book to teach us how to be successful in life. And that's the book of Deuteronomy specifically and the Torah in general. Today, we're going to be addressing this concept of how to have a successful life. What is the key to successful living? God tells us in his holy word. It's right there in front of us. No need to run out to the bookstore and buy a self-help book. All we need to do is apply God's principles to our life. Boker Tov, glad you're here. We're starting a whole new book of Torah this week uh, with the book of Devarim. Very exciting. It's the fifth book of Torah as it's leading us into the high holy days, and we're getting to jumpstart that just today. It's also the nine days of Av, or right in the middle of the nine days of Av, which is our increased um, uh, time of mourning and increased time of introspection and, and teshuva, which is no coincidence that we have Devarim during this time. In fact, the book of Devarim is always the Sidra that is read during Tisha B'Av, during the season of Tisha B'Av. So it's very, very important. So I'm glad to be with you. Remember to subscribe to our channel if you've not done so. Strike the bell so that you're kept up to date on all of the material that we have coming out here. Like this video and most importantly, be sure and comment after the fact. Let us know what your takeaway is today. What you've learned. Are you growing? Are you being successful? We want to know that uh, because this whole channel is dedicated to you, this channel is, is really dedicated to helping you connect with Hashem and be the best person you could possibly be. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. So the book of Devarim, the book of what's called Deuteronomy. The word Deuteronomy is a, kind of a hard word to say in English. It's very hard in Spanish. That's one of those Spanish words I just cannot pronounce, um, or at least I have difficulty pronouncing it. I, I really appreciate the Hebrew, Devarim. It just seems uh, much easier. Devarim means words. These are the words spoken by Moshe to the people of Israel. Deuteronomy has a meaning that basically means second law. And we're going to address that in just a moment and explain what that means exactly. But that's really the, the meaning of the word Deuteronomy, second law, which actually is uh, appropriate and accurate as we're looking at this. The book of Deuteronomy is essentially God's, or excuse me, Moses' farewell address to the people. He's about to exit the scene. He's about to leave. He's no longer going to be their leader, no longer going to be their, their guide. He's, he's turned things over to Joshua. Joshua has been tapped to be his successor. Uh, Moses tapped him. God basically told Moses to tap Joshua and so on. That's how it all went down. We, we covered that in, in a couple of parashahs ago. But what I really want to, to bring home here is that it's important to understand that this is his farewell address. It's basically a, essentially a, uh, a very, very long sermon that takes place over a couple of, uh, several weeks. 
And I want you to understand that the people of Israel are standing on the, on the bank, as it were, of the Jordan. And they're about to enter into the promised land. They're at, finally, the people are about to enter in to God's promise, which means they're, they're going to be leaving the wilderness. And the wilderness is a place where God has been providing for, for them supernaturally, supernatural food, supernatural water, supernatural protection. And they're about to enter into the promised land where, in, in which all of that is going to go away. There's no longer going to be supernatural bread. There's no longer going to be supernatural water. There's no longer going to be supernatural protection. But, but, but actually, what I just said isn't true. The reality is there's no longer going to be open miracles. People aren't going to wake up every morning and go out and pick bread up They're not, or, or what have you. They're not going to have a, a rock that's going to spring forth rivers of water. They're not going to have a cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. They're going to have to work. They're going to have to live. They're going to have to operate by, air quotes here, natural means. The reality, however, is, is that Regardless of if we are working, whatever that means in our various lives, we actually are still living under the miraculous hand of God. This is part of the theme of Shabbat's uh, drash from last this last Shabbat. That everything is a miracle. You know, the farmer uh, who 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 plants a seed in the ground, that seed deteriorates and and dies, basically just you know, deteriorates. And, and, and from that deterioration uh, springs forth a, you know, a, a beautiful uh, a plant. Uh, it, let's use corn as an example. You take a grain, a, a kernel of corn, a seed corn, and you put it in the ground, just one little granule. It dies, it deteriorates, and it comes back to life as a corn stalk that has... I don't know how many corn, I'm not a farmer, I don't know how many, uh, you know, cobs of corn, you know, are on a corn stalk, but I think there's, I would venture to guess, there's maybe a half a dozen or more, I don't know. And of course, there are hundreds, perhaps even maybe, maybe thousands of kernels of corn from that one dead seed. And so I want to come back to that in a minute, to that reality, because we're going to be talking yet again about the paradox of, of, of sin, of run and return, of, uh, and so on. So, so I want you to understand that we're about to enter into this promised land where, where we're going to have to actually live life. And the hand of God is going to be concealed in our life. You and I have to work at reminding ourselves that everything that happens to us is a miracle. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to emphasize that point. You and I have to work at that. We have to remind ourselves that nothing happens in our life by coincidence. There's really no such thing as, quote, natural law. You know, I want to share something with you this morning. It's just a thought I had this morning. So I get up and... I go into the kitchen, I make myself a cup of coffee and uh, was gathering some things, that, you know, together, grabbing a, a quick little bite to eat or whatever. And 
And I looked at the counter, and there were some things on the counter from yesterday. Uh, things on the counter that were, were we laid there that were reminiscence of things that we did yesterday, activities we did yesterday, errands we ran yesterday. And I looked at those things on the counter, and, and my initial thought was, that's laying there because we went here and there and ran some errands and did some things and that item is laying on the counter reminding me as it were that I had gone to that place right so that's the rea the reality is is that that is there because of yesterday's activity but the reality is and this is where it gets a little uh you know blue screen today is a brand new day today is a, is a brand new reality Today is, is, um, is, 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 as we say in our morning prayers, God renews creation daily. So today is a, is a, is a brand new matrix in Hashem. And what I said to myself was I looked at that, those things and I said, actually, this is, this is an illusion. This is an illusion. Now, not to get too far down the rabbit hole, hole and I, <laughs> I assure you I haven't lost my mind. But I'm I was thinking about it in terms of every day is brand new. Every day is a brand new opportunity. Every day is a um uh well, every day is the first day of your life. Particularly if you're operating in Teshuva, which is really the theme of of today. If you're operating in Teshuva, which is repentance, then today is your first day of life. And so my point is, is that when I looked at those things on the counter, I said to myself, this is an illusion because there wasn't a yesterday. There wasn't things that I did yesterday. Now, there were. Stay with me on this. But the reality is, is these things are an illusion tempting me to believe that my yesterday was all there was and I'm not focused on today. And so the reality is, as I looked at those things, said this is actually an illusion. The, what I have is today. I need to forget about what happened yesterday, and don't worry myself so much about what's going to happen tomorrow. But focus on where I am today. And then, interestingly enough, as Hashem would have it, uh, I happened to, as I was preparing today, I happened to to, to look at an article that came up uh, on on the news app. And it was just a, an article about a 90-something-year-old veteran, who uh, Vietnam veteran, who was shot down over Vietnam in the early days of, of the Vietnam War. And he spent seven years in uh, the, the so-called Hanoi Hilton, uh, you know, as a prisoner of war. And he, he talks about there how he survived. And, and one uh, fellow POW told him, encouraged him, to live each day, take it day by day, to have faith in God, to pray, and to live day by day. And that's how he survived for seven years, 2,400 days in a prison camp. Now, by the way, I just want to touch back to something I talked about on Shabbat, and that is that we all have problems. And I, I, I never want to minimize your problem. I never want to min minimize my problem. We all have problems. We all have struggles. We all have stresses. Some, sometimes they're, you know, relatively minor things. Sometimes they're 
huge things, right? They're very scary things. They're, li they're literally life and death. However, I just want to point out uh, that we have to be careful not to get ultra-depressed, right? Because you and I, neither you nor I have spent 2,400 days being tortured in a prison camp in, by the Viet Cong in North Vietnam. So just a perspective I just want to point out there that uh, when I read that I thought my goodness no I have that's never happened to me and so we have to understand here that um, going back to this concept that uh, I'm sorry I lost my train of thought for just a second um, going back to this concept we we have to understand that the answer to our issue in life is to understand that everything that happens to us is supernatural. It's miraculous. Okay? Everything that happens. What you have is today. That's the message that the colonel was trying to tell us how he survived the POW camp. Every day was a brand new day. And so we're standing here on the bank of, of the Jordan. We're getting ready to go into the promised land. And what does Moses want to communicate to us vis-a-vis -vis the Spirit of God, more than anything. And that is, he wants to reiterate to us the law of Moses, the commandments. Why? Because this, ladies and gentlemen, is the key to success. The law of Moses is the key to success in your business. It's the key to success in your marriage. It's the key to success with your children. It's the key to success in any and every endeavor that you have in your life. And this is the most important thing. And the saddest thing is that we have to have people write books about how to be successful here and there and the other place when everything is written in the Torah. And this is the beautiful thing, by the way, about Judaism in general. And that is that God's law touches every part of our life. God's law touches every part of of our life. But people don't want it to. People have been taught by a fake man-made religion that came out of Rome that God is only concerned with the afterlife and what it takes you to get there, which is basically nothing. And otherwise, he doesn't care what you eat, what you wear, where you go, where you lie down, where you rise up. He doesn't really much care about much anything other than just, you know, believe in this false messiah of Rome and somehow you'll end up on a, on a cloud somewhere with a little cherub flying around. And as a result, people are lost. They're a sheep without a shepherd. That Roman religion has been an abject failure. Just look around our society. Look around our society where there's a church, there's a church practically on every corner. And yet, our society is a mess. And so, it's been a failure. It has not been able to help us live a better life. And that's because what we needed to be living in this world is the law of Moses. That's the key to success. And in case you're doubtful of what I just said, let's quote God. Let's find out what Hashem says. So, um, that's... You know, Devarim is God's word, but let's look at another passage. 
we look at Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 1. So Moses is dead. Joshua is about to lead the people into the promised land, literally. And God tells Joshua. It says in chapter 1 here, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, Hashem said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the peoples get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to the Lebanon and from the great river to the Euphrates, all the Hittite countries to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Okay. Now listen what he says. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now he says, be strong and courageous because you would leave these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and be very courageous. And listen what he says now. Be careful. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Okay? Now, listen to this next phrase. He says, be careful to follow the law. Don't turn to the right nor to the left. That you may be successful. Say successful. That you may be successful wherever you go. And then in verse 8, he says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate, it, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything. Say everything. Everything written in it. And then he says, Then you will be prosperous. Say prosperous. And successful. Say successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Now listen, this is God talking to Yeshua. That's, that's Joshua's name, Yeshua. Okay? And he's telling Yeshua to lead the people into the promised land, lead them into life. And the way in which we're going to be successful in life is to be sure that we don't turn from God's word, his holy law, and that if we will be certain not to do that, then we will, in fact, have success. We will, in fact, have prosperity. You know, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 28 is a very popular um, uh, chapter because that's where it talks about you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when you come, blessed when you go, etc., 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 but most people don't read the first sentence of that chapter. It says in chapter 28 and verse 1, if, say if, if, such an important word, if. That's a word that we have forgotten in our society. We like, instead of if, we like in spite of. <clears throat> we we, we want to get rid of if and just say in spite of, in spite of my choices, in spite of my behavior. In spite of my decisions, in spite, in spite, in spite, I want to be successful. I want, I want everything. I want, in spite of the laws of physics, in spite of the laws of nature, I want to, uh, in spite of God's word and his will, 
But instead, we need to reintroduce into our hearts and minds the, the word if. If we do this, this will happen. It says here, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all, say all, all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. I mean, is, it, is this not crystal? What part of if did we not understand? This is the point. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you want to be successful in your life? Follow the law of God. That's what he's saying. This is the key to life. And this is why people are not succeeding because they have been, they've been taught to discard the law of God. To, to forget about it, to abrogate it, to consider it loathsome, to consider it alien. Now, this book of Deuteronomy is talked about here in these opening commentaries about uh, with it being essentially, it, it begins as a rebuke. A rebuke to the people to explain to them where they've messed up. And how to move forward in Hashem. Now I've just got through telling you uh, that the, the key to success is following the law of God. But there's another aspect to this. A, a, another key, if you will. And that is the key of teshuva. The key of repentance. Now the sages talk about repentance to a large extent. And the reality is, is that the Torah, like Teshuva, preceded creation. This is why they can never go away. And this is why, we've talked about this extensively, but this is why Teshuva is supernatural. It defies the laws of nature, as it were. This is why Teshuva has the power to go back into time and make your misdeed a... A, a proper deed, a correct deed. Only God can do that through the power of Teshuva. Deuteronomy basically is a book of Teshuva. It's a book that introduces the mechanics, as it were, of Teshuva, because Teshuva is critical. Yes, we need to follow the law of God. And, and, and people have, because, because of the teachings of Rome... People often object and say, well, but nobody can follow the law of, of Moses uh, completely. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, that's not true at all. That is not true. It is not true that no one can follow the law of Moses. That is emphatically 100% not true. That is a lie. And the, one of the ways we know that it's a lie is because God tells us to follow the law of Moses. Well, Hashem is not sadistic. He's not a cruel, sadistic father. If he's telling us to do something, that's because we can do it. That's number one. Number two, if we fail to do it, we are punished for it. Well, how can you punish somebody for not doing something they can't possibly do? That would be cruel, and it would mean that God was mean and unjust. Obviously, that's not true. So, 
if this is the case, then what does it mean? It means that we ha we make choices not to follow. Now we know that the 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 concept of sin is violating the word of God. That's 100% true. And we know that everyone have sin has sinned. Okay. But just because everybody has sinned, does that mean that it's impossible not to sin? Well, no. Of course not. Those two things don't mean the same things. Just because we've all failed doesn't mean you can't be successful. It just means that we've all made bad choices. Okay? Now, we all need teshuva. What is teshuva? Now, remember, by the way, that teshuva... On the one hand is is recovering from a failure. And teshuva is not limited to that. In other words, you can be somebody who is perfectly fine. You haven't sinned. You're in a good place. You're in a good situation. You're, you're doing good. And you can still make teshuva. Because why? Because teshuva is ultimately a word that, that refers to renewal and, and connection. And no matter how strong we might feel that our connection is to God, that connection can always be better. You can always improve. You can always, you know, it's like an athlete. No matter how good you are at whatever it is that you do, you can always be better. There's always an, an improvement that can be made. And that's the power of teshuva. So it's not limited to this. Now, what's also interesting about teshuva is, as we talked about this before, that failure is also very often a, 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 a an element of success. In fact, some would argue that you really can't be successful unless you unless you failed. Why is that? Well, it's because a lot of times it's the failure that really motivates us to press through to the success. A lot of times if we have too much success in our life, oddly enough, we get complacent. Uh, you know, as a, as a funny little aside, I am a fan of the Rocky movies, but this is actually the theme of Rocky 3. If you happen to have ever watched the Rocky Balboa, you know, series, franchise. But to bring up a, a movie as, a, as an interesting... Uh, insight into this. That's really the truth. Rocky three is really about this. It's about a, a champion who's gotten complacent and kind of gotten into this, to the limelight and kind of lost his edge, lost the eye of the tiger. That's where the song comes from in the movie. And he ends up getting beat, beaten by a, a stronger opponent in the ring. And he takes him down a dark rabbit hole of, uh, you know, personal issues. And, but it's that very event that inspires him to come back and become really a true champion. And so this happens in our life all the time. We experience failure and it takes us down to a dark place, but it's precisely because of that failure that we rise again, which the, as I mentioned earlier, the kernel of corn, the seed corn going into the ground, that's really the picture God wants us to see. You know, Yeshua talked about this, lest the seed fall to the ground and die, it can't bring forth a harvest. Well, ladies and gentlemen, see, that's the paradox of our lives. On the one hand, we, we don't want to sin. We shouldn't sin. We should strive not to sin. And at the same time, it's very often that death, burial, and resurrection that really 
brings us to the PowerPoint. Think about it. Think about your own life. Think about the the failure in your life. Maybe you had, God forbid, a failed marriage. Maybe you had a failed business. Maybe you had something else that you were doing that you failed. Um, Whatever it was. Think about the failure in your life and how painful that was and how you look back on it and regret it and you wish it never happened and you talk to God about it all the time and you really, really, um, you know, try and strive to be a better person and, 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 and not make that same mistake. But I want you to think about the fact. The fact that that happened is why you're so determined to be better. It's like, it's like the man who had a failed marriage and he recognizes his fault and he recognizes the issues of the marriage. And so therefore, he, when he gets remarried, he's determined to be a better man, a better husband and to learn from those mistakes. That's the power of failure in our life. And this is what Deuteronomy is all, partly is about. It's about looking back at the failure of 40 years of wilderness and learning from that failure in order to be successful in, in life. And what we have to understand, and this is, this is the lie of the Roman church, the lie of the Roman church says, well, the reason we were a failure is because of God's holy word, a.k.a. otherwise known as the law of Moses. That's a lie. That's nothing more than the Satan pulling the rug out from underneath us taking from us the very thing we need to be successful. And that's why the Roman church has been a failure. It it can't help but fail. So what we need to do is learn the truth, and the truth is we need God's holy word, a.k.a. the law of Moses, Mosaic law, in order to be successful in our life. So, just to kind of wrap it up here, there's I want to continue this theme tomorrow because there's a lot more um, I want to say about this, but let me just close with this paragraph that I highlighted here. We're going to come back tomorrow and pick up right where we left off. But it says, it was necessary to describe in, in here, and this this is, by the way, the introduction to Devarim from the K.O. Tumash. It says here, it was, it was necessary to describe the, the, the mechanism for repairing, restoring, and renewing the relationship between God and his people. That's what, that's what is intrinsic. Okay. It was necessary to describe the mechanism for repairing, restoring, and renewing the relationship between God and his people. And by the way, can I just say, in Rabbi Monk's commentary, he says something very fascinating. You know, people, the the lie, the lie, once again, the lie that people have been taught is that grace came with the cross. There's, There's nothing true about that. And in fact, in Rabbi Monk's commentary, he points out that, uh, it's a commentary here about the use of the divine name Elohim. And how initially God's plan was that the entire universe, to include us, would operate under the auspices of strict judgment. But when man sinned, it became obvious to God that because of our choice to sin in the garden, that we we wouldn't survive strict judgment. Judgment, as, as you know, as it says in the Psalms, if you judge everybody for their sin, who could survive? And therefore, God, it says here, as early as the, as early as the second chapter of Genesis, God introduced the principle of mercy. Because as early as the second chapter of Genesis, we see the name Elohim as well as the name Hashem being used. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
As early as the second chapter of Genesis, grace was introduced into God's holy word. So it's a lie that grace came with the cross. That's, that's so crazy and so not true. Grace came with the law as early as, and remember, Genesis is the first book of the law. As early as the second chapter of, of Genesis, grace was, in, was entered in. So it says the device for, that we use, it talks about here, the device that we use to restore, repair, and renew our relation with God is called teshuva, which literally means return. The process that God set in place allowing and providing for us to attain a second innocence, that's teshuva, a second innocence. Ladies and gentlemen, not only does it repair and renew and restore, when you make teshuva, whatever was your past was your past. So let me throw this out at you. Talking to that gentleman who's on his second marriage because his first one failed and it, you know he, he recognizes his part in that. Well, guess what? This isn't your second marriage. It's your first marriage. What? Yeah. Because God keeps no record of wrong. So once you make teshuva and you enter in and you want to make things right, it, that, that past is not always before you. This is what I mean when I say, when I look at the stuff on the counter, it's an illusion. I'm not in, I'm not in delusion. I'm not <laughs> crazy. I realize that there was a yesterday, but the reality, what I'm trying to say is all that matters is today. And so today, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart as you did at the waters of Meribah. Today, I mean, God calls today, today, because today is today. There is no tomorrow and there is no yesterday. And as I was reading in Ralph, Ralph Pinson's book on Teshuvah, even if you went back in time and returned to yesterday, it would be today. It would be the present. If you went to the future and lived in tomorrow, tomorrow would be today. Because today is the only reality you have. So it says here, essential to the process of teshuva, and this is where we're end. Essential to the process of teshuva is that the individual restore his appreciation of the Torah's relevance in his life. So you can't have teshuva without Torah. You cannot have teshuva without Torah. The underlying rationale between any lapse in divine consciousness or commitment is that in some way, shape, or form, the Torah became irrelevant to the person. Wow, isn't that true? The reason we had a lapse and the reason we had a failure is because in some way, God's holy word became no longer the first and foremost thing in our life. And that's what led us down the rabbit hole of death. And therefore, if you've gone down the rabbit hole of death, how do you come up out of the rabbit hole to life? And the answer is you've got to go the opposite way. And if it was that we denied God's word, then we have to, what, accept it. End of our Aliyah today. We're going to come back tomorrow and continue this theme. There's a lot more to share, a lot more insights. Devarium is a wonderful book, and I'm looking forward to... Uh, exploring it with you. So thank you for being here. Be sure and like this video, subscribe to our channel, and let me know your thoughts. What is your takeaway today? I want to know what your takeaway is
from this video. Please let us know in the comments of this video. And until we meet again, may you have a blessed and wonderful day. And may God fill you with all types of joy and prosperity today. Shalom Aleichem to you.